CougarFan.com Rising Shot Podcast episode, surprise episode 439. Get all of your BYU sports news at CougarFan.com or really just follow the equipment truck, Matt. Following the equipment truck apparently will get you everything you need to know. Yeah, I mean, they told you everything you need to know. So, I mean, and we did not ask for questions because if we did, we'd do like another hour show and we have children and wives. Not well, each least, of us have least, one wife, just at, to be clear. At, at least we we do right now. We we would not do if we were doing this for an hour at a time. We would not do? A... Nice. I don't know what Good I'm talking English. about, but I've already used up like two of our minutes. Yeah, nice job, buddy. Way to waste all our time. Way to waste all our time. So let's just go straight to the reason for the season. We're Coastal Carolina preview. All right? Um... First thing, thoughts on getting the game, Matt. I mean, this was something that we kind of joked around about on our game, our game, we don't play games, on our episode on Monday night when we recorded, which was that there could be a game. And we kind of jokingly, I didn't think there was going to be a game, by the way. I thought they haven't announced already. It's probably not going to happen. You know, scheduling a game the week of is hard and just hard to come down. So thoughts on this Coastal Carolina, just getting the game, not the matchup, but getting the game. I think getting the game is it's great. Um, you know, I, I think the the college football playoff committee has been pretty clear that they we needed another game, and getting anybody on the schedule, especially a ranked team, uh, you know, that's you know, none of these conferences are going to play us, so um, getting them on the schedule, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic, and we've said this before. I will repeat it. If you're tweeting at Tom Homo telling him how to do his job, oh my shut gosh. Up. Just stop. Just stop. The guy's doing the job. Right? It's easy to say, oh, these five teams are open this weekend. Come on, Tom. Just stop. If you're doing those tweets direct especially directly at Homo, just don't do it ever again. And don't listen to the show if you're doing that. Wow. Wow, that's heavy. That's a heavy I'm hand serious. you just put down. I'm serious though. Like, stop tweeting at coaches and ADs who are doing their job when you're sitting there on your couch. Like, it's not like you don't have, none of us have any idea what it's like to be an athletic director. Right? And in a freaking pandemic and put together a 10-game schedule with bubblegum and duct tape. Right? Uh, Which, by the way, speaking of duct tape... um, how about Joe Klatt taking it to Colin Coward on his own show? That was amazing. Yeah, was that was fantastic. amazing. I mean, do you – and this is taking some of our time here, but I think it's worth it. I mean, is do you think Coward really believes Cowherd? Did I call him Coward? Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, do you think that he actually believes that we should rank teams based on their on their recruiting uh, I ratings? feel like when I feel like when um, that when Joel called him on that, like really took him to task on that particular point, and he said, "Well, it's seventy five percent of it." And he's like, "You think that the the, the way we rank football teams should seventy five percent of what factors in there should be their recruiting class ranking?" And I think that moment you kind of saw a light bulb go on in Colin's head, like. Okay, what I'm saying right now is ridiculous. I and I think he knows on some level he says some of this stuff just to get a rise out of people. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure, sure, sure. And he does. That's his that's his shtick, right? But here's the thing. Do you know how much I think it should factor into it? Zero. Zero. None. Nothing. 
right? And uh, we'll get to, we'll, no, I'll get to it now. And we'll, we'll talk about this more next week, probably when the next rankings come out and we record. But, you know, Herb Street said this this week about, we're only talking about the same six to eight teams every year, right? Uh, it's Ohio State, it's Alabama, it's Clemson, it's Georgia, and Notre Dame. And then there's a few other teams that get talked about every year that kind of rotate it out. This year, it might be Texas A&M, might be BYU. We've gotten a lot of, uh, of airtime this year. You know, the only way to fix this is a 16-team playoff. It's the only way. You want to fix all these problems that BYU's had, everybody's had, you go to a 16-team playoff where every conference champion gets into the playoff, even the friggin' Sun Belt, right? And it changes all of this, goes away, right? It's no longer about recruiting. It's about what actually happens. Because in basketball, they don't seed based on recruiting, Right? They see based on how you did that year. So anyway, um, so how will a win if we if BYU wins on Saturday? And of course, they're favored to win. Coastal Carolina is a good team. We're going to get to that here in a second. So this is not some gimme. This isn't us playing Western Kentucky, right? This is a good football team. But assuming uh, we go into the future and BYU does win, how does this affect our ranking? So I, I think that a win here, depending on what that win looks like, could b- put BYU in a position in the college football rankings to get to slide up into that 10-ish type of spot, which gets you within striking distance of a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. But yeah. that's, I mean, but that's the ceiling. That's the ceiling for a win here. Let's be clear. Yeah. I, I don't, I, this is not a situation where we're playing, this isn't a play-in game for the playoff. Oh, no, for certain, for certain. I, I think there's two potential scenarios here. The one scenario is BYU wins, beats Coastal Carolina. I don't think it actually matters how bad they beat them because you could make arguments that if they kill them, the committee's going to say, well, Coastal Carolina was never that good. And if it's a close game, you could, the committee could say, well, I mean, Coastal Carolina's not very good, so you know we can't give them credit for that win. Um, what I would say is this. It gives the opportunity that the cowards of the college football playoff committee refuse to do this last week, which is self-correct in the face of national, like, you know, dumbfoundness on BYU's ranking, right? They can now say, oh, well, you know, we've got another data point, so they're ninth, right? Um, you know, they can say, oh, we were, everything we said before was right, but now we know that BYU's good, right? You know what I mean? It, it'll be ridiculous, however they justify it, but it does give them that, that opportunity, I honestly think the most likely scenario is you move up like one. Because I think this committee has decided they're not giving a New Year's six spot to BYU. And I think it was predetermined. They're just not going to do it. Their schedule's not good enough. And we don't want to give one of our brethren in the P5 their out-large spot up to an independent who's not named Notre Dame, right? Who's not contractually obligated to get into this thing if they're ranked at a certain level. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I think Barda I, I and his ilk has, have proven to be obtuse, as Andy Dufresne might say to a prison warden. Wow. Get that? Get that wow, reference? You really, you really, wow, you really went there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you really went for it on, on that Bart one. Is, Bart is an idiot, right? 
I mean, he's well, obviously... Great. He, gets asked, yeah. he gets asked these questions, and he just completely ignores the question. Yeah. Like, when Reese was taking him to town, he was just like, nah, strength of schedule, blah, 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 barf, 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 like old reheated garbage. Well, anyway. I, I don't have any problem if Ohio State plays their full schedule and wins of them getting into the playoff. I do have a problem with them being ranked fourth now. Right? Like, they shouldn't be a top four team. They haven't played enough games. Their strength of schedule is nearly the same as ours. They're only there because of stupid thoughts like Colin Cowards about, well, you know, they should be there because they're Ohio State, right? It's just dumb. Yeah, um, it's just dumb. All right, so prediction time. We're going to do a little over-under here. All right, you ready? All right, let's do this. Zach Wilson, passing yards, 345 over-under. What was? Give me that number again. Three hundred and forty-five passing yards for Zach under. Wilson. I'm going to go under as well. Tyler Algier, hundred and ten yards rushing. I'm taking the way over. I'm going to take the over as well. Dax Milne, hundred yards receiving. Under. Kyrus Tonga, a hundred tackles. Okay, I'm just kidding. But how about Kyrus Tonga? Two and a half tackles for loss. Um, am, am I allowed to like wax poetic on any of these, or do you just want me to give me the no, answer? No, no, you can you can wax poetic on any of these. All right. So if I look across, if I look across the offensive line for Coastal Carolina. We've got a few guys that are topping out, you know, near three hundred pounds. Um, you know, and and they've done a pretty good job of protecting their freshman quarterback. I I don't know that Tonga totally dominates these guys, but you set that at what two and a half tackles for a loss. For just Tonga, not for the team, Tonga. I'm taking the under. I'm taking the over. Did you see Hans Olsen did a little bit of film study on Twitter? Their center is 5'8", 285. This is going to be like USC last year. Plus, Tonga's already taken Ute fans to the woodshed this week. Did you see that one? Because one of the Ute fans made fun of one of the special teamers. And, oh, I did see that. And then Tonga was like, uh, who are you? Dude, I, I, I have to say this. I know there are dumb BYU fans that are annoying. I get that. That's true of every fan base in America, right? Um, I sat in enough BYU games as a student going, oh my gosh, why is that guy still talking, right, throughout the game. But I have to say, these Utah fans that are going after, like, BYU sucks and this game is stupid, like, get a life. They're just bored, man. They're bored. Your team's 0-2. It sucks they didn't get to play until October or whatever, but blame your stupid conference. You know, go do, go find something else. Get a hobby. Maybe crochet or something. Get a little crocheting. You know, make, make yourself a hat, a sad little hat. Um, so it's probably under, but I'm going to take the over. I think Tonga has a, has a monster game. Monster game. All right. Total defense for BYU We'll set it at 430 yards. Coastal Carolina has averaged 448 yards this season. Over or under for Coastal Carolina, 430 yards? Under. I'm going to take the under as well. BYU, on the other hand, what about 500 total yards for BYU? Coastal Carolina, uh, BYU is averaging 530 yards Um 35 yards a game, and Coastal Carolina is giving up 322 yards per game. 
And you set that line at what, 500? 500. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, that's a good line. I'm going to go uh, under. I'm going to go under, but just slightly. I think they get close. So Vegas opened, the line opened at 10 for BYU. Uh, let's get back to that. First, let's do the over under at 61. Is that where it sits now? That's where it's sitting right now? I think so. That's what was on ESPN. Because I, I just had that. I just had one of the. I just had a. Did you have the Vegas spread. stuff open? Yeah, I did. Hold on, let me go and see what we've got here. I've got it now at sixty-one and a half. What did you say? You had it at? I had it at sixty-one, but let's do it at sixty-one and a half. If that's where Vegas has it at the moment, sixty-one and a half. You taking the over or the under on that one? I'm taking the under. I'm going to take the under, but I was going to call it a push. A couple of, uh, I was going to call it a push. Okay, so Matt, the line is set at 10. Are you taking the Cougs at 10 or the Chickens? What is their mascot? The Chanticleers. Chanticleers. This is great. It's a real, it's a unique mascot. Yeah, you I know love, I love this I love stuff. I, no, I don't like the teal field. No, but I, I do like the uniform, It's a cool mascot. Though. I like the teal. It's, it's kind of unique, too. I, oh, I like the uniforms. I like the mascot. I like all of that. All right, so you're taking Chanteliers or the Cougars at that 10? Chanticleer, Chanticleer, not yeah. Chandelier, Chanticleer. Chandelier. Whatever, whatever, doesn't matter. It's like a fighting rooster, dude. Yeah, it's, it's a fierce cool. animal. It's cool. I, I love the mascot. It's unique. Like you said, it's great. It's great. Uh, I'm taking BYU to cover a 10-point spread. I'm taking I BYU to cover that. as well. So let's talk about this for a second with those things going on. Coastal Carolina is a good team. It's very likely they're the best team we've played all year and will play all year until a bowl game. Then we'll see. True or false? Uh, probably. I think they're better than Boise. Yep. They, and they've got a more explosive offense than they Boise. they got a more That's explosive sure. offense. They're probably not as good defensively, despite the fact that, of course, BYU put up like a billion points against Boise's defense. But if you look at like football outsiders... They have Coastal Carolina as the 16th best team. They have us as fourth on their FEI ratings, right? Um, but they have Coastal Carolina's defense rating is 30th in the country, 11th best offense. So this is a good team. Like I, I've seen a few fans, not many, but a few BYU fans almost like, we're going to roll these guys. And, and I think the chances of a 20-plus point victory are not particularly high. I think we're going to win. And I think it's going to be fairly comfortable. But this is a game BYU could lose, right? Yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, if you look at what this team has done, if you, you if I take the same analysis to Coastal Carolina that I've applied to BYU and arguments around where they should place uh, in the football landscape, you, you look at some of what you've already talked about. Uh, they're also ranked 11th in pass explosiveness. You know, so that's yeah. pass plays above 20 yards. Um they are they they are thirty five for forty one in the red zone. Yeah, it's pretty. And good. the third best offense to convert on third down. Yeah. So I, this is a team that can move the football and can score some points. And if they get close to the end zone, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to give some points up to these guys. Um, they they they're just they operate efficiently. Yeah, and and BYU if Batty plays on Saturday, which we believe he will as of today, right? But he's obviously had some injury problems, and it's not played as much as we would have all liked this season. 
If you've got Tonga and Batty both playing at the same time, this will be by far the toughest uh, assignment for that offensive line all year. Even without Batty, it's, that's probably true, right? But if Batty has been dominant when he's played, right? He has played pretty small sample size, but an elite top 10 pass rusher in the country when he's, when he's played, right? He doesn't have enough snaps to actually be that. And obviously Tonga is Tonga. Um, so if Batty can play, I think that this quarterback, who, who, as you pointed out earlier, is a freshman, he's going to have some problems, right? Oh, yeah. So final thoughts on this game. We're at 16 minutes. I said I was going to cut us off at 15, and as usual, I'm a liar. But let's, uh, let's finish off with some final thoughts. I'll start, and then you can, you can have the last word, Matt. But I'll say this. I am predicting a 38-23 to 23 BYU victory that's close into the third quarter until BYU pulls away. I think Coastal Carolina will put up some yards, will score some points, but I think BYU forces a couple turnovers due to pressure on the quarterback, and BYU is able to protect the ball. It won't be the prettiest offensive day we've had because this is just a better team and a better defense than most of those we've faced, but it'll still be a great day, and I think Tyler Algier gets a lot of, you know, 150-ish yards and, and a couple of scores. Matt, your prediction. So I think that uh, when I look across the board, I think that, uh, and I saw some of that work that Hans, uh, Hans Olsen did, and I think that you, you talked about one side of the football, and I the, the film I really liked was the other side of the football. I when I, this offensive line, our offensive line is is out, outweighs their defensive lineman by 25 to 30 pounds per man across the, across the across the board. I think that we're going to run the football all over these guys, and uh, that's we'll control the clock that way. I think we're going to score plenty of points. Um, I've waffled a little bit, so anyway, it's a big day for Tyler Algier. I've waffled a little bit on what to do with the spread. Um, uh, on this game, I I do think we cover a ten point spread. I I've just wondered if if it if is is it a fourteen point win or higher? And I think what I've finally settled on is a thirty five to seventeen victory. Um, I don't think this game's going to be super close. Uh, I do think these guys will score a little bit, but uh, I I don't think you're going to see their offense operate as as it has in other games that they've played this year. But we've kind of already talked about the defense. And we just, I don't know that they have an answer for Tyler Algier. Yeah, yeah, they probably do not. And, and quite frankly, either for Katoa, right? Assuming he's, he's uh, healthy, right? Correct. And back. even, and, 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 to, and to even for that point, Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and here's the thing, right? If Algier gets a couple of big runs going, uh, you know, obviously probably not what happened against Boise, right? His first time he touched the ball. But if he gets a couple of big, huge chunk runs... I mean, Zach Wilson and that offense have been so good in play action this year that if he gets a couple of runs, you're going to end up seeing a couple of big, big pass plays, right? Because they'll have to commit seven up there, right? And that means somebody's going to be open. Milne, Romney, uh, Pau, or one of the tight ends, right, will be open. So, I mean... I'm with you. I think I, I all due respect to Coastal Carolina because I think they've had a tremendous season. I, and this could be a close game, right? A couple turnovers. Uh, their offense clicks a little bit better. We can't get pressure on their quarterback. You could see it be yeah, within a score. You, 
I, I think I, if I say 35 to 17, I, I have to caveat that with a couple of things, right? One is defensively, you got to keep them out of the red zone. You have to keep them out of the red zone. You got to give um, them the punt. Yep. Yeah, they've got a punt. And so that's going to come down to lowering their conversion percentage on third down is really what that's going to come down to. Um, but the other thing to say here is you are one or two explosive pass plays away from a 35 to 17 game becoming a 35 to 28 game or a 30, 28 game or, or, or worse for BYU, right? Yep. You're one or two explosive plays away from that, from that scenery drastically changing. Yeah. And we've been pretty good so far this year as a defense, not giving those plays up, but we haven't faced an offense like this either. Not one that's not one that's ranked that highly on explosive pass plays. No, we just, right? we just, or haven't. that effective in the red zone. Yeah. We, we just, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it this year. And I think, you know, I'm not worried about our offense. If 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 we struggle, it's going to be either be because the turnovers or our defense isn't as good as they look like analytically so far, right? Um, but yeah, I think I think in the end, it's a couple scores. What's that? One of the best offensive lines in the country. I uh, mean, yeah. These guys are big. We got a couple of NFL guys on that line. I I just don't think they've seen. They haven't seen a. They haven't seen a an offensive line like this maybe three nfl starters on that offensive line and i don't see anybody on their schedule that even i I don't know that i see anybody on their schedule that has a single nfl guy on their offensive line probably i I just the run game is just going to be very effective yeah or iowa state i don't think they have a single guy either they lost to lafayette i don't know if you knew that which by the way lafayette's not a terrible team they're not awful. I mean, Coastal Carolina beat them, but only by three points. No, no. Lafayette is actually one of the weak arguments that BYU fans are making is that Iowa State got beat by Lafayette. We can't have it both ways. We can't say our victory against Coastal Carolina is impressive and that loss. Now, they still lost. I get it. No, but I think but that's the argument. Is Do you believe in the concept of a good loss? I do. I do believe in the concept of a good loss. I, you have to when there's only 10 data points a year. You have to, or 12 or 13, yeah, because okay, there's not enough, that. right? It's not like so basketball. Variability of data points oh. and size of your data set oh, gosh. and how that relates Crap. to variability. He that was, When he started laying out the math, I was like, oh, man. Well, it's this why the committee great. is stupid. Nobody's going to get on board with it, but it's great. Well, and, that, and that's why the committee doesn't make sense. Having 13 people decide this is stupid when we have all these tools you got all of this stuff. We've got all this math, and you have all of these things that you can do to figure this out, and you're just going to leave it up to 13 well, and, humans and aren't humans, even watching the game. And humans that have to call and talk to the other ADs that they disrespect who are in their conference. Yep. So, hey, so I'm, I know we're hopping around, but I, and, I'm, and you're trying to get us, trying to get us well, out. We're way off, but, but go ahead. Yeah. What about this? What about, and, and this is awesome. Like to put a game together. I said this Fantastic. to my wife earlier. I was like, this is crazy. Like we're going to agree to this game and, you know, three days later, play it, you know, sort of prepare for a game. That's the other variable here that I think is going to, the, the dynamic that's, that's interesting is the amount of time that these teams have had to really prepare and think about this. Right. Yeah. For sure, um, but, but both teams are in the same boat, right? Right. So it's yeah, it's it's fair because both teams are evenly yeah. affected. Actually, it's probably it might even play better for BYU because we weren't already prepping for an opponent for this week, right? So well, and we but, may have been. I don't know how early in the week, but it doesn't sound like talking when Homo talked that they weren't really thinking about Coastal Carolina until yesterday. Is right. What we're that's what it. Thursday that's what night, it feels so. like. 
So, but does this, do these types of things tell us, and, and, and maybe we get another one of these, right, when, they, when the um, American Conference figures out that they ought to put Cincinnati and BYU in a stadium together in December, but do, does this change the, does this change the landscape of college football going forward? Does dynamic scheduling become a thing? You know, I, Mandel, who's of course, obviously the, uh, the love of, of BYU fan base, tweeted out something like that. Um, today or yesterday. And what I would say is this, it would be really cool, I think, for the G5 conferences to think about this. It makes no sense for the P5 to do it. They don't need to, right? They have marquee matchups towards the end of the year anyway. But if the G5 could do this on a consistent basis where you match some of your best teams against each other at the end, there'd be some really cool marquee. I mean, look, this is the only time 9-0 and teams have met, or 9-0 and or better, teams have met this late in the season, undefeated teams. That's happened that weren't like, P5. That weren't P5. But, but throw in the P5 too. The list is like eight times ever, right? Right, so, right. So, you know, these kind of matchups just will never happen because you don't know who's who when the season starts, right? And... And doesn't this, as a tool, help you fight this whole narrative of strength of schedule, who have you played, and all this, right? It helps you eliminate that. I think it increases your chances of getting teams, you know, more, more of these teams a seat at the table in, in a New Year's Six Bowl. I, yeah. I still don't know. The system is rigged for the playoff. Like, oh, you're, yeah. ne- you're not going to the, you're you're not not going going to the playoff. playoff. It's, yeah, yeah. That's not going to be a thing that's, pretty, that's been made pretty not clear. Not at four teams. Not at four teams. At eight teams, you could get a G5, the best G5 team in there every once in a while at eight. Yeah, maybe, but there's the, the incentives are all still going to be laid out the same oh, way. So I, I don't know that you really get that, but I, but I hear you with a wider pool. It with doesn't wider increase pool, the odds. Then, then it doesn't seem as insulting to the P5s and it, um, but what I would say is this, I would love to, I think it could make some sense. I don't think it is going to right? And because, and the reasons are logistics, right? TV rights, um, who gets the home game at the last minute, right? All that it's stuff. It's easy because ESPN was already, they were probably already setting up the game day set. And they're like, we're not going to take this down and bring it to Provo. So Tom, you're, you're just going to come have to have to come out here and play. Them. Right, right. And th- they were, the backup plan was, I think, Clemson and Virginia Tech. Because it's not that far, right? Um, but for them to do game day, if, if Coastal Carolina hadn't found an opponent, but my, my thing is, it would be kind of cool. I just don't, I, I don't think so. But I don't know. A lot of things are going to change after the pandemic. We'll probably still do too many Zoom meetings, right? So, all right. Well, anyway, this has been way longer, double the length I said. I'm such a pansy. Two times the fun, everybody. But anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed this special bonus episode. If you love the show, go to patreon.com slash rise and shout and become a patron of the Rise and Shout podcast. Remember to tell your friends and tell your neighbors. We'll catch you next time. Go Cougars. That was one of my worst outros ever. Yeah, you had like a weird hiccup or a it burp in there. Burp. I've been drinking too much, Dr. Pepper. It's very weird.